0: So, during that commercial break, I was looking at this article here, and Sandy, it's on shoulder pads. Yeah. And 1980s style shoulder pads for women in blazers and then blouses are back. There we go. Make They're a power back. statement. What? They're on the catwalks in, in oh, Paris from fashion on. week.
1: What are we doing here? Seriously, striking a good geometric shape, Right. shoulders. Are you shoulder pad Jeez. girl? Oh, all the way. Are you kidding? I love the '80s. That was kind <laughs> yeah, of my too. time. Yeah, I actually probably—I will confess—I probably still have a jacket or two that might have shoulder pads oh. in them.
0: Oh,
2: so I, this is what happens, right, Sandy? You—you <laughs> you fully understand that fashion comes full circle, and and really, what happens is people just run out of ideas, right, and they just sort of resurrect the next thing. Right? I mean, it used to be that uh, the big color, the big color is red. Everything's got to be red. And then, like, I don't know, eight months later, it's forest green. What's happened? What happened to red? Is that no longer the color? Well, what's wrong? I like bringing old ideas back. I mean, there are only so many ideas in the world. The the bell-bottom phase, did that uh, turn Well, those came back, too. They did flares. They did, yeah, Yeah, for
1: sure. I will tell you, though, just last week I found there was a study that Wisconsin's favorite fashion decade is the 1980s, according to some new research. I love it for the most searched fashion decade in each U.S. state. Now, before you start going, oh, yeah, I'm not surprised by that, 36 of the 50 states love 80s fashion. So I
0: graduated high school and college in the 80s. Yeah, I love the 80s. (laughs) Uh, Let's bring in somebody who I don't even think was alive in the 80s. (laughs) Uh, Belly Sports, Zora Stevenson. Zora, take shoulder pads, yes or no? Help me.
3: It depends on the, the fit and what you're trying to go for. I think I even have some stuff that still has shoulder pads in it. I, I do. Th- it, g- so it gives I don't know a if good, a strong, strong look. No, but what? yeah, yeah, it gives a power look.
2: When did you purchase that, though, Zora? Because I, I don't feel like the shoulder pads have. Like, when did they go out? They went out in the late eighties, I would mean, imagine, right?
3: They definitely weren't in when I was growing up, but now that I wear like suits and blazers and stuff, those are the things that have shoulder pads. Gives you some structure. So I... not Yeah, it's not necessarily like my shirts or my dresses or anything like that. It's if I have like a blazer or ski. I gotta I mean, think it was the
1: pads. '90s when yeah. the shoulder pads went out because you went from this like structured, geometric, fun '80s bright colors to grunge to flannel, <laughs> yeah. dirty
3: hair.
2: I just think about Dynasty, right? Like everybody wore totally. shoulder pads in the TV show Dynasty. Big ones. That, that's my <laughs> reference point. Who's the most fashionable guy on the brewer
0: on the uh, on the Bucks? Excuse me, Zora
3: oh, uh, for sure, all perspectives, right? But maybe if you ask the guys they'd say Wesley. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the guys mm-hmm. like Drew Drew's style, Drew Holiday. And Chris Middleton has a sneaky style. Like you wouldn't realize what he's putting together is super, super high end, but it is. So, so Chris gets
2: away with think, like the, the like the like just kind of a, a cream colored hoodie, some kind of brown jacket, just the right shoes and jeans, and it's simple but understated. Is that yeah. what you're getting at?
3: Exactly, exactly, and then of course Wesley Matthews is a little more flashy, and Drew Holiday, I think, guys just like like his style, like how he dresses. Yeah.
0: How does How does Giannis roll up? Defy serve?
3: Sweats every single time. Yeah, the only time you're not going to see him in sweats is if he's doing like a interview for, you know, a news network or something like that, or if it's a a specified event. But more times than not, the guy is in
1: sweats.
2: Comfy. <laughs> I
0: get
1: that. He wants Always. to be comfortable. Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah. Got a lot going on.
1: F- uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a good style for a guy who cracks dad jokes constantly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Totally.
2: All right, so tonight the team's in Washington. So I, there's a few games left here in the regular season. Do you get the idea, Zora, that that teams, whether they admit it or not, sort of pay attention to other things happening in the NBA. Like Philadelphia plays Boston tonight. They're the three best teams in the Eastern Conference. A Boston loss could help the Bucs in their chances of locking down a seed. Does, does, it, does that make any difference to the Bucs, whether they admit it or not?
3: Yeah, I mean, these guys, are, a lot of them, you know, they're they're into the game. So they, they know what other teams are playing tonight, and they're aware of it. One time in a locker after the game, they were watching... I think it was the Celtics and the Knicks, and the game went into overtime, and they're all watching, they're all huddled around the phone. So, yeah, these guys watch the NBA, they're aware of the standings. And, I mean, they have admitted they would love to get the the first seed. You know, I mean, they want to make sure they're they're healthy first and foremost, but they're right there, so first seed would be great.
2: So a little less than a week ago, Thursday night, I'm driving back from Wrigley Field after the Brewers opener against the Cubs. Bucks broadcast is just starting on the radio. And here we go, right? This is entertaining. Bucks celtics prime time, national TV. <laughs> and they absolutely get obliterated, right? A 41-point loss. I-, I wonder how yeah. that's digested on the inside, right? And I think fans look at it and say, well, boy, what was that all about? But how was that digested by mm-hmm. the team?
3: Uh, well, you know, they moved on to the next. Clearly, you know, they came out against the Sixers and they wanted to set the tone early. And I think it's a mix of, okay, context, right? It was a back-to-back, it was a bunch of games, in one week, but also, like, there's no excuse for, you know, losing by 40, and and we've got to play better, especially against a team like the Boston Celtics. So it's a mix of both, but no overreaction at all. I mean, if you brought it up, if you asked that question to any of the the players or coaches right now, they've they've moved on from that.
2: Well, I guess that showed up against Philadelphia, right? Another quality team, and and that was a a somewhat comfortable win.
3: Exactly. And, And, you know, the... You know, aggressiveness and the sense of urgency that the team had to start the game was a direct result of how they performed against the Celtics. They didn't want the same thing to happen. But, I mean, you know, this Bucks team has only had a handful of losses since the end of January. Uh, there's just no cause for concern in a situation like that.
2: Well, they, they never panic, right? I think that's a cool part here. Young no. team, maybe you flinch yeah. a little bit if you get beat up like the Bucks did a couple of nights ago. But... A veteran team, been there, done that. Like, there's never any drama or panic. It doesn't appear.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean they're not, you know, emotional about certain things. But never cause concern, for concern because these guys are battle tests. And they know what the ultimate goal is. The goal is not to beat the Celtics in a regular season game. It's to continue, you know, to get better, be ready for the first round of the playoffs and advance in the postseason.
0: So, Zora, today I made the mistake of watching Stephen A. Smith, the guy's a clown, And uh, he said it doesn't matter what the standings show that the Celtics are the best team in the NBA and they will be going into the playoffs. I know the guys will say that they take care of what's in front of them. They don't listen to the chatter. Do they use that? Do any of them use that as a chip on their shoulder? Does it matter at all when somebody high profile throws a little shade their direction?
3: I mean, I'm sure, you know, the guys are human. They hear that stuff. But no, I mean, that's not where they get their motivation from. These guys are highly motivated individuals that don't need, you know, someone on national TV to, to get them going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they just want to win the championship, right? So whoever the, you know, analysts think is the best team right now, does that matter, right? It, to them, it's, it's about winning at the end.
0: She is. Bally Sports, Zora Stevenson. Zora, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, go buy those shoulder pad blazers.
3: <laughs> Talk soon.
0: It is 425 at WTMJ. Hey, coming up, we've got some more information for you on the Supreme Court race. Jeff Mayers, the president of West politics, is joining us at 515. And we'll take you inside the Trump indictment charges. If you're like me, I want to know what the charges actually mean, what they refer to, what the penalties are, all that sort of stuff. We'll dive deeper into that coming up during the 5 o'clock hour as well.